Hello, hello, welcome. Uh, so this is my 10th live stream ever. 10, woo! So time to celebrate that, I guess. Um, and tonight we're going to be giving away $100 to our eighth winner, eight of 10 winners. Um, in the 1,000 subs equals $1,000 giveaway contest to thank everyone and celebrate uh, getting 1,000 uh, subscribers on my YouTube channel. So that's what's going on tonight. Um, waiting for some folks to come in. Hey, Robert, welcome. Robert, two days in a row, Robert. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Rebel Car, welcome back. CL, welcome back. Wichita, welcome. Aquatic Jack, welcome. So I'm I'm hoping my goal today is to not confuse Camelinus with Columnaris. That's my goal. Flynn, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. I, I private messaged you after the stream uh, to do a mea culpa. Um, sorry, because you're probably going through this tough experience, right? Your fish are sick, and then I just start riffing on the wrong thing. I feel like an idiot. Sorry, dude. Anyway, that's my goal tonight. So... <laughs> Carter Bing, hello, hello, welcome. Tilapia Store, yo, 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 back to you. Christian Parnell, hello, everyone. Welcome, Christian. Hangar's in the house. Welcome, welcome, Hangar. Glad we're all here. Trying something new today. I popped my chat out so I can make it big. So every time I read chat, I I'm hopefully don't have to, like, you know, go squint at it like I'm wearing bifocals or something. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Scout Town, welcome. All right, so um, I have some cool news. I had a new species spawn today, so I'll tell you about that in a minute after I uh, announce the winner. Uh, Michael, welcome, Michael. Is it Cosader? Did I say that right? Cosader? Um, Robert Flores. I think after all this raffle stuff is done, you should do a weekly live for a bit. Thanks, Robert. That's, that's what I'm hoping to do. Um, and what I'm thinking... And I'll announce for sure uh, next week, but I think on Wednesdays is probably when that'll happen. And I would actually like to do it twice a week, just for one hour twice a week, um, instead of say two hours in one day. And the reason for that is because that'll help me with my content flow. So that way, instead of creating a video that day, I can do a live stream, uh, which will save some time because making a video and doing all the editing and the sound and voiceovers and all that, um, they can be kind of time, uh, they can suck up a lot of time. So if I do a couple live streams a week, then the strategy is that um, I still put out more content, but it takes a little less time. Plus, I'm really enjoying this. I, I'm having fun. <laughs> so hopefully everyone else is too. Um, Susie Q O'Connor, welcome back. Thomas, sub Dan, they found the box. Thomas, um, would it be too late for me to call you tonight after the live stream just to check in? Um, <laughs> I saw that it made it to, um, oh, Tulsa. Last I saw, the box had made it to Tulsa. The good news is the other box that was lost made it to California today and was delivered, and all 11 of the fish were alive. So um, that's the good news. However, those were white cheek gobies, and white cheek gobies like cooler temperatures. So that's probably why they did okay. I've got my fingers crossed for your box. Oh, but man, it's a tough one. So um, let me know, Thomas, if it's uh, in the chat, if, if it would be okay to give you a quick call after, after the live stream just to check in. Um, 
Sure, I don't care. All right, I'll call you right after we're done then. Um, Michael, you got it. Yeah. Um, 54 Punchy, high fishy internet peoples. <laughs> yes. All right. All right, tilapia store, 96 hour heat packs. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. You know what? Struck a little nerve there, tilapia, because that's exactly what happened. I learned about those earlier this week from you. Thank you. And this is the week I needed them. Um, however, the gentleman in California said that the heat packs were still warm when he got them. So the temperature in his box was in the 70s, even though they had been in transit that long. So I'm hopeful, but not optimistic. Does that make sense? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to draw winner number eight. Um, so we have three more drawings, including tonight. Um, so winner number eight coming right up. Um, for those of you that don't know what's going on, I'm not going to repeat it. You can look back in the other live streams because I've said it every live stream and I think people are getting sick of hearing it. But there's a contest um, <clears throat> giving away $1,000 plus of free fish on dancefish.com. To learn about it, go to dancefish.com. On the homepage, you'll see all the information you need. If, if any of that doesn't make sense or you have any questions, you can contact me through YouTube comments, through Facebook messages, or at dan at dancefish.com. So, all right. So let's do the drawing here. All right, here we go. Have it open, drawing a winner. Clicked it. It's processing. All right, so we have a winner. Let me scroll down and see. Nathan Horrell, Nathan Horrell from Riverside, California. Man, California's doing well in this contest. Um, one, two, three from California. Well, of course, they have a ton of population, but Nathan, congratulations. You've won $100 from dancefish.com. Um, and I will check after this live stream to make sure you have an account set up so I can actually apply that money to your account. Um, and if not, I'll email you and, and we'll get that set up. But congratulations. Oh, way to represent Riverside. Um, Nathan Horrell. So when people ask in the future, help me remember that. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, let's see here. Everyone's con congrating Nathan. Um, Thomas, it just builds suspense, the waiting for the fish. Does it ever. It's not the kind of suspense you want, though. Man, I've... I've I'm sorry that your first experience purchasing from me as a new customer was a package lost in the mail. That's just a horrible way to start the relationship, but you've been awesome. So thanks for your patience and understanding, and I'll take care of you no matter what happens. Just know that. Um, HC Aqua, hello. Hello. Doug, welcome. So here's my um, exciting news. So the first Corydoras spawn of the year happened in the fish room. Um, it wasn't big. These are little fish that I've raised up from under an inch. Um, and so they're finally adult enough that they had their first spawn. So it wasn't a massive number of eggs. Um, by the time I had picked out the infertile eggs, we were to, at about 15 or so that are amber instead of white. So I'm hopeful they're fertile. But it was, drumroll, albino Corydoras Aeneas. So nothing life shattering, nothing really difficult was still really fun, really fun fish to spawn. And I like to keep fish that are easy to spawn and fish that are difficult to spawn because 
if you just keep difficult fish to spawn, then you might go a long time without getting any spawns and that gets discouraging. So it's nice to have easy fish to spawn because then you're constantly getting a spawn and when the difficult fish spawn, it's like a bonus. So <laughs> that's why I do that. <laughs> All right, um, Thomas Perkins, it's actually my first time ordering fish, period. Oh no, I usually get them ordered through a shop. Let me just tell you, Thomas, usually the box isn't lost in the mail. Usually it gets there on time. And if it's delayed, it's a small delay. Your first time ever. Wow. <laughs> oh, lucky you. Man, I'm sorry. Now I feel all kinds of responsible. <laughs> 54 Punchy, that's awesome. I love Corey's. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Uh, Thomas Perkins. Bronze quarries paid for my hobby a few years ago. Yeah, they're easy, they're prolific. Um, they're not shy at all. You know, they're, they're a fun fish. Um, thanks, Thomas. 54 Punchy, I have some pygmy quarries in a very heavily planted tank, and I'm always seeing tiny little guys. The tank has so many plants that I have no idea how many I have now. Um, have you had them long enough that a few will actually grow up to adulthood or, um, or do you see them occasionally, but never see them, you know, grow and mature? Do they eventually get kind of picked off? But that's a great way to spawn quarries. Um, if you just keep them in a heavily planted tank, they'll kind of do their thing. And it's easier that way. If you just squirt in some small live food occasionally, then, then you should be good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how many I have now. Okay, so that, that sounds like they are multiplying for you. Yeah, that's awesome. That is great. Um, will Corys not eat their own eggs? Um, yeah, sure they will. But, um, if you have a ton of plants and stuff, they won't get to all of them. And, um, you know, some are more prone to eating eggs than others. If, if you keep a ton of food in the tank all the time, um, they're less likely to, but I remove the eggs. That's what I do. And then I incubate them in a little container with a little bit of hydrogen peroxide in the water to prevent fungus and bacteria and um, just change the water frequently in that container. That's how I do it. Um, some people leave them in, especially if it's heavily planted and enough will survive that the colony will build gradually. Um, and some people take them out of the tank and then put them like on a slate next to an air bubbler, that kind of thing. Yeah, so anyone in here that's bred Corys, um, so uh, let's see here. Thomas, it sounds like you've bred a lot of uh, Aeneas quarries. Anyone that's bred quarries, um, what's your method? How do you incubate the eggs? Um, we know that 54 leaves them in the tank, and that's great, but I'm, I'm curious what other people do too. So maybe we can uh, give Aqua Apprentice uh, some advice from several of us and, and uh, get some different perspectives on that. Doug's Fish Adventure. Your live streams are definitely getting me into killifish. Good, good. I'll tell all my killy nerd friends and, and they'll like high five me. <laughs> you know, the thing about killifish people is that I've noticed is they just like them so much that anytime anyone else gets into them, they're so happy. <laughs> it's like they spread the disease and they're happy they did it, you know? Um, yeah, so great. So Doug, um, let me know what kind of killifish you're, you're thinking about. And if there's a specific one you like, then I might be able to give you some information on them. There are hundreds and hundreds of species. So a lot of people don't know this, but killifish are such a successful species, they're 
in the United States, in Canada, um, and all down through Central and South America. They're in Africa. They're in uh, Asia, um, at least through India and in parts of Asia. They're just, they're in the Middle East. They're in Europe. They're a tremendously versatile group. There are just so many different species and so many different kinds. And they've adapted. They're so adaptable. That's what makes them unique. So they've adapted, of course, to habitats that dry out completely. And then when the rain falls, the eggs that have been hiding in the soil hatch and you have a new generation. They've adapted to water that is more salty than seawater, like super saline, super toxic water. Um, they've adapted to soft acidic pure water. Just any environment they find themselves in, they tend to find a way to adapt. And that's why there's so many varieties. And I could never get bored keeping them because there's there's so many varieties with so many unique uh, habitats and needs and spawning strategies and all that, that they're just fantastic. So yeah, I, I love geeking out on those. Hangar, um, sweet, nice job with the Corys. Have you had a chance to video the little guys? Um, I took a picture of the eggs on the glass before I um, removed them and I just, I posted that to my Facebook page briefly. But right now they're just, little eggs, little clump of eggs in an incubation container. So not a whole lot to video yet. Um, Thomas, I had a batch of pandas this year. Eggs were eaten. Yep. Yep. They definitely will. Was, was that in a heavily planted tank um, and none survived or was that just up on the glass and they just went and chowed down? Um, 54 Punchy, just shrimp and kab... <laughs> <laughs> Kabodai rasboras. I, I wanted to say uh, kabutu rainbows for some reason. Um, just shrimp and rasboras with them. Rasboras don't bother baby shrimp at all, so I know they are not eating the babies. Oh, cool, cool. Pygmy quarries carry the eggs and put them on the underside of leaves. Yeah, I haven't bred them myself, but I've heard they're more of a plant spawner. And they're one of the quarries that stays... Uh, up off the bottom more than more than most. They'll cruise around in the middle of the water column quite frequently, especially if there's plants on the bottom um, and they'll swim up above them and through them. Yep. Carter Bing leaves them in the tank. We're talking about Cory's, uh, different ways of, of dealing with Corydora's eggs. Um, Thomas Perkins, I put a pane of plexiglass in, this, in the tank and remove it to a separate tank. So do you then incubate them like, like angelfish eggs? Uh, do you do like the, some air bubbles near them to keep the flow and methylene blue and things like that? Or is it just a, a tank with, with water in it um, and no special flow or anything? Curious about that. Aqua Apprentice, so you hatch Cory eggs similar to angel eggs. Well, okay, we're on the same wavelength there, Aqua Apprentice. Nick, just for fun, family, what's up, Dan? For breeding my Corys, I use DIY yarn sponge mop um then into diy tumbler so far works great okay so like a killifish spawning mop and then you brood them in like a cichlid egg tumbler is that is that kind of the the idea um when you put them in the tumbler do you like separate them and and stick them to different sides of the tumbler so they're not touching or do you just put the whole mass in there and also does anyone else take out the infertile eggs? Um, I do that because I'm scared to death 
that they'll infect the good eggs, but maybe I don't, I don't need to worry about it. And that would save me a lot of time <laughs> if that's true. Um, Doug's Fish Adventure. Do all egg, egg layers need egg tumbler? No, not at all. Um, most of the fish that I hatch, I don't use an egg tumbler. I found them very useful though. If, if there's a species that you're trying to breed and the eggs are constantly fungusing on you, um, which is what we call it when they go white and stringy and bad. It's probably not a fungus. It's probably actually bacteria, but um, we call it fungusing. So if, if, you, if you have a species and you can't get them to stop fungusing, then an egg tumbler might do the trick for you. Um, I found them very useful for like uh, Lamprichthys tanganicanus, the, uh, the tanganican killifish. They have large eggs, they're fairly non-adhesive and they love that current. Cichlids, of course, um, lots of fish that mouth brood, you can do in that. The trick for me has been, uh, they have to be fairly large eggs, otherwise they'll get sucked up through the screen at the top of the tumbler or fall down in the screen on the bottom. So there's kind of a certain size that you have to deal with there. Although I have a little hack for that. Let me show it to you. I'll be right back. So, so here's a tumbler, right? And the screen on that is fairly big. It's, uh, it's that size. It's uh, what's that, that yarn mesh stuff. So what I did is I cut a circle out of a, a green scrubby pad and I put it in there. And I did that because I had a, a male betta that wasn't holding the eggs. And so I put them in here just in the off chance that I could incubate them. It didn't work. Um, the, the eggs weren't fertile or something. Maybe that's why he, he hadn't kept holding them, but that's a way you can deal with kind of small, small eggs. Um, you could use a coffee filter too, things like that. But I found that the the scrubby pad works pretty good because it's it's thick enough that it'll kind of stick in there and not want to float out. So little hack in case someone's trying to put small eggs into an egg tumbler and the screen's too big. All right. So Doug, no, oftentimes you can incubate eggs just in a container of clean water. The trick for me, I've found, is to change it two to three times a day. So you're keeping the water really fresh. Use, um, I use water that's been bubbling in the tank for a day or so. So the chlorine's bubbled out and it's kind of stabilized. And then I put, depending on the size of container, a few drops of hydrogen peroxide in it. And that kind of helps keep the fungus down. All right, just for fun family or Nick, also found putting pieces of PVC in the tank makes it a lot easier to remove the eggs. Oh, that's a good idea. Nine out of 10 times they lay eggs on the PVC. Strangely, only white PVC, not ABS so far. Huh, that's interesting. Well, that's a great idea. Then you can do kind of what Thomas does and just pull them out and incubate them somewhere else, right? Yeah, awesome. Because it is sometimes, uh, it can be difficult to get them off the, the side of the aquarium you know, with, and you're worried that you're going to hurt them, right? Because they're pretty sticky. Yeah. All right. Thomas Perkins, that method works well for bronze quarries. Okay, cool. The, the plexiglass kind of angelfish uh, incubation style. Yeah. 
Um, CL Roman, I have false Julii Cori. So uh, Corydoris trilineatus is that species, I would imagine, if we're talking about the same fish. Um, fry and eggs now. Awesome. I use a razor blade and remove them from the glass and put them in a fry keeper hang on. That's great. So how old are the fry? Are they, have they absorbed their egg sac? Are you feeding them yet? Or are they still, uh, still just wigglers at this point? Aquatic Jack. Good tip just for fun. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Thomas Perkins up on the glass. So we're talking about that still. Let me get to people are chatting among themselves. That goes for all my, uh, this is Nick. That goes for all my emeralds, albinos, peppers, and lasers. So the PVC trick, that's how you do it. Which lasers are you doing? Are they orange or the green or uh, which, which variety do you have? 54 Punchy, I'm going to try and breed the drape fin barbs and Daisy's rice fish I'm getting from you. Great. The drape fins are awesome. Um, now there's a trick with them. I, I don't think you'll have this problem because I've already treated them, but when they come in, I've never had them come in without internal parasites. Um, so I, I always treat them when they first come in and, and they're gonna be fine now for you. But if you don't do that, you'll see the females' bellies just kind of sink in. It happens to males too, but it's more noticeable in females. And so you're obviously not gonna get eggs from that fish. So the first thing to do if you get drape fin barbs, in my opinion, is to uh, treat, with, treat them with metronidazole. Um, that's always worked for me. To whatever parasite they bring in from the wild when they're caught, it's susceptible to, to metronidazole, to flagell. Um, and so if you treat them with that, then they can gain the bulk they need to produce the eggs. Um, now, they are a continuous spawner, so you tend not to get large groups of eggs from them. And the hack for that is to just separate the species, or the species, I'm sorry, the sexes, and um, feed them very, very heavily for, say, a week. And the females will not get hugely fat, but they won't be spawning, so they'll retain their eggs. And then when you put them in with the males uh, or in the spawning container, whatever you're using, they'll, uh, you'll get more eggs that way. Now the eggs are fairly large. For a barb, they're good sized eggs and they're a little bit adhesive. So if you put spawning mops in the spawning container, um, they'll go into the mop and stick them to the mop. So they're a little different than a lot of barbs, uh, a little more selective of where they place the eggs in, in my experience. But they're a fun fish. That's awesome. Um, all right. In the daisies rice fish, those are simple. Just feed them, check the mop. You'll, you'll find eggs in short order. Yep. Um, tilapia store. I use them for mouth brooders. Uh, the, the tumblers. Is that tilapia? Do you strip all your, uh, all your fish when you're breeding them? Is, are the tumblers your go-to? Just curious how you do that. Cause I know you produce a lot of tilapia. So Thomas Perkins, I use a sponge filter. Once they hatch out, they will eat infusoria and vinegar eels. Okay, cool. Um, do you, what about, do you use microworms as well? Or um, do you stick with the vinegar eels? I'm just curious because the microworms, you know, might sink. Um, and be easier for the fry to find, but they might be too big too. So I'm just curious what you do there. Um, all right. Tilapia store, the cobalt tumblers work great. 
So Tilapia Store has a video, if, uh, if you haven't seen it, of the tumblers he uses. They're awesome. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a pretty cool tumbler. So if you check out his channel, you'll see them in action. And it's, it's a pretty impressive setup. Um, Thomas, pandas seem to like mops. Has anyone else noticed this or is it just mine? Good question. I haven't bred the panda, so um, panda quarries. So I, um, if anyone else has, it's a good question. Doug's Fish Adventure, thanks. You're welcome to whoever you thanked or from whoever you thanked. Um, Wichita Falls Fish Keeper. Oh, yeah. All of us for chiming in because you were asking about breeding the quarries and the eggs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Wichita, do you use any methylene blue during in incubation? I used to, but I got so sick of staining my clothes and my hands and my table and everything. I haven't used it in a long time. I've, I found a hydrogen peroxide to be just as effective and, um, you know, easier to use. And I love that when it breaks down, the, by, the byproducts are water and oxygen. So it, I mean, hydrogen peroxide, when it's done reacting, becomes water and oxygen. So I feel very confident and comfortable using that. I now use that, um, I almost never use bleach anymore, in fact. It's almost always hydrogen peroxide. When I'm disinfecting my nets and, and uh, tanks and mops, anything. So that's my go-to now, yeah. Um, all right. So if that buffered, um, I saw it buffering on my side. Hopefully it's okay on your side, but the answer Wichita is, is no, I just use hydrogen peroxide in case you didn't hear that answer because it looked like it was buffering. Although it tells me the stream health is great. So um, let me know if there's a buffering problem on your end, guys. But I think we're okay. All right, 54 Punchy, great. I have several empty cycle tanks that I can do that with the barbs. Yeah, wonderful, cool. Um, CL Roman, yes, they are free swimming. Hashed on January 6th, feeding hatched baby brine and crushed quarry food along with bug bites. Eggs are in a separate breeder box. Okay, cool. Awesome. So they're free swimming and they're chowing down. Um, do you use hatched uh, baby brine shrimp as the first food? Do you find that they have no problem tackling that? Um, I'd be curious to know that. Tilapia, yes, I have it down. I strip when the fry are swimming. Oh, okay, so you wait till they, uh, the fryer hatched and you see them come in and out and then you strip them. Cool, um, awesome. Uh, Thomas Perkins, once they get off that, they usually take micro pellets. Is that the Hikari micro pellets that you're talking about? Tilapia store, I use them when I pull the wrong female. Oh. <laughs> I see. So <laughs> that makes sense. So you've got this tank full of females. You see some babies in there. You go to ha catch a female. It's the wrong female. And you're like, oops, I got eggs. And then you have to tumble them. I, I, I see the scenario. At least I think I do. Let me know if I have that wrong. But that makes sense. <laughs> that makes total sense. Um, Wichita, good to know. I'll give it a try. All right. Um, Aqua Apprentice stream is working fine over here. Good. Good to know. Thanks. Tilapia store, you got it. Okay, yeah. I've totally, I totally, I can totally see how that would happen. This tank full of tilapia and it'd be hard to grab the right one. <laughs> They're quick suckers. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, it looks like we have reached the bottom of the chat. Uh, we're at about the half hour mark. So um, 
you know, doing this like 10 days in a row, <laughs> I run out of things to talk about a little bit. But if anyone has any questions or things they want to talk about, throw them down now and we'll keep going. Um, and if it just kind of fizzles a little bit, then we'll call it good. And then I'll, I'll see you tomorrow because I've got another another winner to choose tomorrow. For those who want to know who came a little later, the winner tonight was Nathan Horrell. Nathan Horrell from Riverside, California, in case you were wondering. Um, all right, a couple more things came in. CL Roman, they seem to eat baby brine shrimp right away. Good to know. I also have an old almond leaf in there too. Yeah, I do that too. I uh, A lot of my tanks have uh, decomposing tree leaves in in them and the shrimp tanks and the grammarius tanks and some of the other tanks um and so when i set up a fry container i take out some some of those leaves and put them in there too along with a little java moss or water sprite or something and i don't know if it helps the fry that much i like to think it does that there's little microorganisms on there for them to eat at and biofilm and stuff but what it does do for sure is it gives the snails and the shrimp that I keep in those containers with the, with the little baby fry uh, a food source um, so that if they aren't getting enough leftovers from the, the fry, they can sustain themselves in that container um, while they're in there. So I find it really useful for that. Um, tilapia store, I'm working on color tagging system for that, yeah, <laughs> to get the right cyst. Wichita, thanks, Dan. Good night. Thank you, Wichita. Glad you were here. Uh, Aqua Apprentice, happy I found this channel. Some helpful info on here. Great stream. Well, thanks. I'm glad it could be helpful. And I think all together, if we, uh, if someone has a question, we all chime in to help out, then among all of us, we're going to be able to, to solve a lot of problems. Um, I feel bad I couldn't help Flynn more last night on, on his question with Columnaris, but bacterial infections are so hard to identify um, that it makes them hard to treat. Yep. Um, Susie O'Connor, thank you again for a great live stream. Thank you for coming um, and helping make it great. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be that fun if it was just me here chatting to myself, right? That'd be a that'd be crazy town. Um, CL, they seem to clean all around on them. Yeah, on the uh, on the leaves. I think we're talking about. Yep. Thomas Perkins, LR Bretz is about to start his stream. We finished just in time. Well, great. Go ahead and call me when everything is over. I'm just hanging out in the house. Okay, Thomas, I'll give you a call right now um, to check on how things are going for that shipment with you. And um, thanks, everybody. I'm going to call it quits. And I will see you back here tomorrow at seven o'clock Mountain Time to announce winner number nine. There's only two more. All right. Good night.